Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Today I wanted to talk about margin lending because I've just had uh, plunked on my desk or basically come to my email a um, report by Investment Trends, which is an industry research house. Um, In some of the previous podcasts, you may have heard me talk about some of the planner surveys, etc. And this one was actually on margin lending and uh, where they research and survey financial planners as to regards to what their thoughts are on margin lending and how they're using it. And I thought there were some interesting interesting statistics in here because um, it always takes me back is margin lending. I mean, I've been talking about margin lending for probably 20 years with people, even probably longer than that from my banking days to all my investment days and, and obviously now more so as a, I suppose a financial educator, um, share market expert. And I find that when I was doing seminars quite regularly I used to ask people who had margin lending and and I always knew that 80% of people who were invested in the share market weren't ever using margin lending so it was only ever a small percentage and, and at times it was down to 10% of people in the room and even that was in even in the bull market people weren't using it and the, the reason why is a lot of people really don't fully understand what margin lending is and while today's podcast is not about explaining margin lending and, and I can do that uh, I think I've done that in the past before but it is about saying to people, is it now the right time to get into margin lending or is it something that we should still be staying out of? Because obviously in a bear market where the market's falling, what we've seen on what you've heard me talk about on previous podcasts is record levels of margin lending, um, calls on margin lending or margin calls happening. And we had that all through um, 2008, 2009, 2010 record levels of margin lending calls because people don't know how to use it properly. And I find often that uh, we get people uh, that we talk to, whether it's uh, clients ringing in or new clients coming to us and talking to us or whether it's uh, you know out at seminars or whatever I'm doing. Um, and one recent example was a lady, I believe it was a lady, I didn't speak to her, that called up the, the other week um, and they had uh, protected portfolios with their advisor and they were using margin lending and I think it was in the area of half a million dollars of margin lending with protected portfolios. Now while that all sounds great, borrow some money and get into protected portfolios. Now protected portfolios, if you understand that, is you actually, uh, the the actual person running the protected portfolio, which could be somebody like a Macquarie, you might be um, having exposure to five or ten different shares that they've picked in a in a model so to speak and what they do then is they have put options or some other protective options underneath that and then there's a, a fee around actually uh, putting all that together and often those fees for protected portfolios can be quite large in terms of percentage terms and I've seen them um, especially if you're borrowing the money from the Macquarie, I know there's a product Macquarie had a few years ago, you're able to borrow up to $300,000 for a protected portfolio from them without proof of income because there was no downside risk that Macquarie weren't going to lose the money. But the interest rate on that was like 14 odd percent. Now, I'm not sure whether this lady has done that, done that and then used that protected portfolio to borrow more money to get another protected portfolio. And to me, when you look at crunch all the numbers on that, you'd find that that lady wouldn't be getting much benefit, but the planner who'd set that up would be getting trailing commissions from the margin lenders and or Macquarie or whoever they uh, set the protected portfolio up with. 
And to me, that's probably not necessarily a great strategy. And I used to see that all the time where you know, a financial planner would set somebody up in a, in a managed fund and then use that money, managed fund as security to go to get margin lending to buy more managed funds. So, for example, $100,000 in, uh, in a managed fund, they'd go and use that as security to get another 100000 or 200000 on another managed fund. And quite regularly, the margin count was right up to its limit of what they could actually borrow. Whereas people who've read my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, and have been listening to what I talk about all the time, is to me, you never go over 50% because you need to leave stuff on the table here. Uh, and when you get to those high levels of leveraging, what happens is you get margin calls. But it didn't make sense to me on a um, managed fund to do this because if a managed fund averages 7.5% and a margin loan is an, an average is 9%, why would you borrow to average 7.5 when you're paying 9%, even after the deducting the tax deductions from the interest of a margin loan, you're still not getting very, very far. And so to me, I've seen that so many times during the 90s and, uh, and even in the early 2000s with people like uh, having those sorts of structures. So you need to be careful about what you're doing and understand what margin lending is and how it affects the bottom line. Just because an advisor advises you doesn't necessarily mean it's a good investment for you. You need to understand what you're doing. But this report, um, which originally, um, excuse me if you hear some shuffling of paper because that's me just flipping pages, but this report was quite interesting in a couple of areas, and I won't take up too much of your time on this subject anyway, but it said that planners accounted for 44% of outstanding margin loan debt. So current margin lending, 44% of current margin lending in Australia, according to the Reserve Bank of Australia data, in September 2011, was 44% of it was um, accounted for by financial planners, not them personally, but their clients, or they were advising on that. And um, and that's what they're saying is that it appeared to be levelling off towards the end of 2010, where the total debt advised by financial planners fell Heavily in 2011, it was down $1.4 billion in nine months, reaching um, only a paltry $7.1 billion in September 2011. Now, I would suggest that's not because the financial planner stopped advising on it. My suggestion in there is most people, what we're seeing in the last 12 to 18 months is a lot of people leaving financial planners, putting their money in their cash, pulling money out of managed funds, health or leather, getting out of the share market, etc. And this is where... I always think it's, I always quote the Buffett quote, which is very similar to my own thinking on the market is, is you're buying, buying doom and selling boom. And when everybody's going out of the market and going into cash, that to me is telling me to get in to the market and be prepared for the next bull run because the amateurs tend to buy at the top and sell at the bottom. And that's what the amateurs are doing now. They're all exiting into cash. And, and if you're thinking of exiting out of the market into cash, to me, that you need to have a really good look at things because... Often people are chasing interest rates of like uh, the, the I can get 6% of the bank, but the share market's only giving me 2% at the moment. But the share market can fly. You know, we, if, if the share market made 30% in the next 12 months, you're going to kill that extra 3% that you might get in the bank for the next two years or three years, even more so than that. And that's what people don't understand. They're almost robbing Peter to pay Paul. They're going for security, but they're, they're affecting their long-term results that they could actually get. Back to the back to the survey here. I, I digress. I apologise for that. Um, but basically, the, what that total debt is, it represents a sixty percent fall from the two thousand seven peak of margin lending. Now, um, that was seventeen point one billion that they advised on, and so the amount of money coming out of financial planners was sick of using margin lending or for their clients is down sixty percent. 
and that's a less significant decrease compared to the full service broker channel. Um, so people going to full service brokers, that's down 72% over the same period. So people using full service brokers obviously have left them in droves as well because they had obviously uh, maybe suffered severe losses in there. Because remember we had, as I said earlier, record levels, continue record levels of margin lending calls, um, seeing people losing a lot of money. The volume of non-advised debt um, with this investment trend report um, fell less heavily by uh, 55% in that same period of time. So, But that's still pretty severe. Um, and the thing is, it's, is, what we're looking at is, is what are planners' views on the marketplace? And to me at the moment, uh, in this report, planners are seeing the Australian stocks as undervalued, or the Australian share market is undervalued. But the interesting thing is volatility levels um, and interest rates are causing them not to recommend margin lending to most of their clients and because of that and that's the reason why a lot of people aren't even using margin lending themselves they think the market's too volatile um, and you know I'm paying seven eight nine percent interest on on a margin loan why should I pay that for the for the um, privilege so to speak of losing some money and I thought that was an interesting comment but what really uh, drove home an interesting thing to me is there's a little graph in this report where it says uh, margin lenders what their view of the market will be over the next few uh, over the next twelve months. And the interesting thing is, is over the years, the margin lenders continually are more positive of the market than the average client or the clients that they actually service. So, for example, if the um, a financial planner is thinking the market will go up, let's say by eight percent in the next year, the uh, clients are only thinking two percent. So. Planners are overly optimistic and clients are under-optimistic at the moment. And that's just showing you the difference between people in the profession and people that aren't in the profession. Now, somebody's going to be right, and, and I think it's going to be more likely to be the planners being right than the mum and dad, uh, all the people that they actually service. And so to me, this is where these are all signals to me, and again, sorry for shuffling paper, but these are all signals to me that uh, that really is that the market is hitting its bottom and that people should be looking for the long term, really should be looking at investing for that long term. So if you're a long-term sort of buy and hold type of person, to me going to cash right now is not necessarily the best decision. You should be looking to lock yourself into some great shares for the next five years. And I had a call the other day from a gentleman called David Potts, who's a journalist for the um, Fin Review and also um, the Sunday Herald Sun in Sydney, which is the age in Melbourne. Um, about, and he said to me, Dale, he said, where would you, if you had some money today, where would you invest it for the next five years? And I straight away, I said, yes. And he goes, I thought you'd say that. And I said, yeah, but there's a good reason why. I said, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I might have said property, but um, right now, definitely shares because of what's going on. We've got interest rates pulling back, a whole range of things. So telling me that the next five years will be great. Would you get, would I get a margin loan now? And quite possibly, to me, is is if you've got some great shares, and I'm not saying these shares in any great order in terms of buying them today, but you've got shares like BHP and Rio and West Farmers and CSL and Cochlear and um, a whole range of those ones, and even the banks. If your look outlook is for five to ten years, what's wrong with get, putting some money into those and getting a margin loan? And as long as you can fund that interest, I, I, there's no reason to me why that portfolio wouldn't perform dramatically really well over the next five to ten years and you'd be very, very happy with that. Um, but the problem is at the moment too many people are 
nervous about the market and trying to pick the next trends all the time. And what they're doing is the statistics have proven over years that they, people don't get that right most of the time. So just with margin lending right now, as I said, it is a good vehicle. I still use that margin lending uh, and I'll still promote margin lending, but learn a bit about it. There's some great information out there on it. But I'll leave that those sort of my comments on that investment report uh, with you and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. You've been listening to Talking Wealth and I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 Share Trade.